Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey, and I'm your host on Talk Design. I started this podcast because I wanted to share the journey of design that I've had and that many others have had, and I find it inspirational talking to people globally about what makes design tick and what makes design create a better world for others. My journey has taken me from clothing globally, women's swimwear, performance sportswear, mountaineering, yachting, all these kind of genres where each place I would learn more and more about different specifics and how clothing can support those. Also, I've worked in innovation as a systematic innovation trainer and worked with the aerospace industry as well as the marketing industry and the design industry. And all my years of design Still my favorite is the built structure and interiors. In years of travel and discovery, I constantly look at what the emotions are that are created by the built space. I consider myself a student of design for my whole life and will go on that way. Some of the things that I do to support this is my podcast, and then workshops and masterclasses where I teach people about trends and design thinking and tours where I take people on tour with me and we go and discover different points of architecture or interior design globally. I always think that when you're passionate about something, one of the things that you should do is you should share it. And so creating the podcast was my way of sharing my enthusiasm and the enthusiasm of others and their passions around design with you. I hope you really enjoy it. And I ask you, would you please drop us a line? Tell us what you think. Tell us what got you excited. It's so inspiring when we get messages from our listeners that tell us about the things that shifted in their life because of who they listen to. And it gives me the inspiration to dig deeper and find more people that I can bring to your ears so that you live a better design life. Welcome back to Talk Design. And again, I would like to welcome DC back to the show. Now, we recorded this all in one hit, so we've split it into two. And this is part two. In the previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. You will find the whole piece around what DC was talking about. We finished off with Palm Springs and the different neighborhoods, the way the architecture formed and what had happened, who was famous for it, and what's going on in Palm Springs and what has been going on in Palm Springs since this massive architectural revolution in the mid-century era and the mid-century architects showcased so many homes there. DC, he just has so much content, just so much content. It's always amazing. So in this next episode, we really expand this into other parts of America, the Pacific Northwest, etc. If you follow MCM Daily on Instagram, he is posting multiple times a week and just digging into authentic mid-century modern architecture. So for those of you who love that, do not miss this next episode. DC, a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's get this rolling, and we would love your feedback. Very collectible on the auction circuit. So. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And I, I, the weird thing about architecture at the time, like in Denmark in particular, if you want to become a furniture designer, right? No, you can't do that. You have to become an architect. And then make Then you furniture. can be a furniture designer. Uh, <clears throat> And you're growing up in Denmark, loved art, just would spend his days to the chagrin of his father, would spend all of his free time at museums, taking notes and just, just not even, he wasn't an artist himself. He just loved the history. 
And his plan is, I want to become, I'm going to go to school and become an art historian. This is my passion. And he's proving it because he's spending all of his time forsaking any social life just to be there. And his father was adamantly opposed to it, said, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to become an architect. He never became an architect, but he became probably easily top three of Denmark's greatest furniture designers. Furniture designers, yes. And that's, but I always think that the world, because I'm an art person too, that we probably lost an incredibly passionate art critic, an art historian because it, of it. So I'm torn. I'm torn. I love his work, but it would have been interesting to see what he would have written about art. To, as well. to see what he may have brought up with it. So tell me, I want to ask some questions about the pod, uh, podcast we will do next, about the Instagram, about your Instagram. Yeah. A, you find this a massive amount of material and then you research this material. Like it's not like mm-hmm. somebody you get a photo and then go, oh, I know that one. You research this material. You put an enormous amount of effort into it and its accuracy. And yeah, do it. Yeah. Is this, okay. is, oh, I was going to say, is this just you in the rabbit hole because you're so passionate and such a student? They say when you love doing something, mm-hmm. you don't notice the time passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my God, it's already midnight. It's, that is every day, not every day, I take a day off and on that. But I also plan ahead. I've got a list of things that I'm working on, like what? always constantly. So I just, oh, I have to finish up this one. I have to get some more photos of that one. For me, it is a couple of important criteria. And I always say, because if you're going to put the effort in, get the best. So I always make sure that the photos are professional, mm-hmm. always. They're well done. Mm-hmm. I don't do white out, white out spaces. Mm-hmm. I used to because I thought, at first, because oh, it's an interesting transformation, the furniture is nice and all that stuff, but they painted the lovely brick. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, that's fine. So the photos have to be good. Right now, architectural photography is going through its 2005 emo phase. They're, they're getting awfully gloomy. Right? And I say that dark, moody. I want to say gloomy. I want to say moody. It's yeah. like everything is high contrast, arcs of color and not really showing the chair, but we're seeing a highlight on its back. I don't know what else is in the room because it's black, but those are editorial photos. Those aren't sale photos. Yeah, yeah. And I generally try for editorial because these are hiring photographers, uh-huh. but I've come to know quite a few photographers who do po- uh, take photos for listings. And usually for like places like Sotheby's or Christie's Realty, high-end auction houses, yeah, that, yeah. better known, they know better photos are going to help sell this multi-million dollar house rather than someone's iPhone. So make sure good quality photos. But another thing I want to find out, always look for something unique in the photos, whether it's illuminated soffits on the inside of that, something simple like the, cor- the corner moldings are actually lights. How cool is yes. that? You know, right. yeah. um, And always find something interesting about the house. Generic won't cut it anymore. I've dug myself so far into a hole with this that it's <laughs> becoming much more, oh, here's a generic suburban 50s house. That ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to get yeah. the likes, whatever you want. Yeah. So... Always well, it's not going to so, engage the audience. So I cast a net further. That's when I first started getting into Northwest regional style of the Pacific Northwest U.S. and Canada. Uh-huh. To to my delight, some of my f- most beautiful houses I've ever seen, lush landscaping because it's such a verdant area of the, of the, of the world. Views of the ocean, things like that. It's just it's beautiful. Of course, it comes with a price, but yeah, but some of that. And they were never cheap. They were like some of those houses. They were meant for they were meant for the wealthy. That seventy five hundred square foot home wasn't a middle class home. Sorry, yeah. in nineteen sixty. Yeah, it was never. It was never anything but for the people who now can but afford mostly, it than previously. Yeah. The people who buy those houses almost never renovate but restore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They keep the wood not unpainted. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. they don't replace anything, and it's because they are some of the most appealing, welcoming spaces. They're just all that wood, all the view, the greenery around you, the large curtain wall windows, just everything about them, the light. You can't take a bad photo of them. That's what's weird. I, Arthur Erickson, a Canadian architect, every one of his houses, not one of them would I have anything negative to say about them. Even that one he did in the 70s in Vancouver that looks like it might be a food court. It's all like chrome and glass brick. And all that stuff. Yeah. It's <laughs> just an amazing house. It really is. But his is a story career. So, yeah, and then I started, like, Australia. And I started, like, oh. My first thought was rather condescending. Was, oh, that's quaint. <laughs> Until, I just, uh, Until you discovered, I discovered it. Th- then I actually discovered a great site. You probably know it, Design Files 
Australia. Yep. 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 And they and they follow me. Oh, by the way, Linda Evangelista follows me on Instagram. Wow, really? Yeah, only recently, two months ago. Linda um, Evangelista, because I grew up, my first career was in the fashion trade. And because yeah. of that, Linda was at her height at the time. And mm-hmm. she was one of the most fascinating models with so much attitude, not attitude, confidence. And she was the, the kids one quality. of the original <laughs> supermodels, her and Cindy Crawford. Yeah, she was, you know? yeah. So those guys, she's Canadian. Yeah, she's kicked Canadian. it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she was stunning, though, right? She still oh, is. Oh, she still is stunning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, but of all the supermodels, and they're all great, but hers was the only face that comes to mind when I think of '90s supermodels because mm-hmm. she just really mm-hmm. looked the part. She nothing, nobody else looked like her at all. Like she just a commanding presence. You would say like she owned yep. the space you walked into. So, yeah. Like seeing her on a run. And I'm not really big on fashion, but. When you saw like old footage or just go on YouTube yeah. and look up yeah. Evangelista, yeah. it's like she's staring off into the far distance. Like, you don't matter, but I'm everything. She she, <laughs> like, she has weird... an amazing presence as a, yeah. like on the catwalk and stuff. I've never met her. I've met a few of them, mm. but I haven't met her. Um, yeah, just an amazing presence of who she was on the catwalk yeah. and just uh, again, yeah. what a fabulous person to have following you. So obviously, she's yeah. got a love for mid-century. There's something uh, in a, there. Yeah. She hasn't really commented, but I, I've started to notice the things she likes. Uh, yeah. She clicks like on, I should say. Yeah. And it tends to be the softers. I call them the softers. These are the spaces where the furniture is a little more overpadded, for instance. The interiors right. are a little more filled. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of home and comfort to these houses. Kitchens tend to be always i've noticed one thing there has to be kitchen counter and bar stools i think she likes those to be able to eat at a counter at the with the yeah, stove right. there and just so yeah no it's just neat what's this who's this other, oh god this is i love rapper. this when somebody clicks on dc's photos if you get a little bit of a rhythm and a pattern going he'll notice and he's looking across <laughs> at nearly a quarter of a million people <laughs> that's, that's just, I, I, I don't I I prefer not to think about it. I really don't. <laughs> don't, rabbit, don't think of it. It's a rabbit hole, man. It Tell, is something because I uh, what's his name? Chance? No, Tyler, the creator. He's got, he's got like fourteen. He's a former rapper. Now he's a filmmaker. And one of the things he started following me is like he's quite well known. He's won several Grammys, all that stuff. But his thing is the thing I love: Pacific Northwest modernism for all the reasons I'm sure that I've said already. Right. It's just wonderful. And I've done very, and you think of like hip hop stars or even pop stars, and you're thinking of these sleek penthouse places where you can have a good crowd mm-hmm. of people in there. Mm-hmm. And perhaps he's already done that. I'm sure most oh, perhaps he's got that help. as well. Yeah. I'm sure he does. I'm sure yeah. he's quite comfortable. Yeah. But these, like these, I call them retreats, and I use that word way too much. Mm-hmm. But when I see those places, and the thing about these expensive homes is that they're usually on large lots. So there's nobody near you, breathing down your neck, essentially. There's no house right on the other side. And that's what makes some somewhat appeals to me, because you do feel, feel like you're in a retreat. And I, I one of the things, just one of the rules, one of my rules about posting photos is, and I try not to lie about it. If there's a house next door to that, it's mm-hmm. going to be there. You're going to see it. Mm-hmm. But I go out of my way to share photos where I don't see, there's a nice wooded shot, house there in the middle. And oh, there's a house peeking out over there. There's a house peeking out over there. And I'm always tempted to go, I can just Photoshop those out. Right. But I think, no, there's got to be another photo. I can or I crop it down. So yeah, you don't right. see crop, crop, crop it so that you pull it in. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. Just pull it. It's a large effort. And you inspire and service like a large number of people with their passion for the genre. And I think it's mm. really amazing. I think. I was laughing before because I have DC's book and this book isn't sitting here because of the fact that I was going to be talking to DC today, but mid-century modern at home. Uh, This book is one of those books. I knew I had it and I went, I'm going to talk to DC and I'm looking around, I'm looking around for it. And I actually use it, it sits here on my recording desk and it holds up my microphone just that little bit taller. And I had <laughs> well, a little laugh to myself. <laughs> I had a laugh to myself because I often flip through it. It's often one of those books, like it's one of my reference type of books. And I go, who is that? Who did that? What is it? <laughs> but then I went looking for the damn thing. 
because I thought I better just go through DC's book. And then I'm looking around and on my desk over there, I went, oh, it's sitting underneath my microphone still. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Be, being genuinely useful. <laughs> Genuinely getting its regular use. But an uh, amazing book. It's a Bible Thank for you. many designers. It's written in a beautiful way because it is conversational. I think that makes it yeah. very easy. And for the listeners, you can tell DC is full of information and he is highly conversational with it, which is wonderful. It, it, he is engaged in every manner of it. DC, you're going to start a podcast, you were telling me. Yes, that's the plan. It's going to happen so, whether, whether I want to or not. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really keen to know of, about it because I think that, again, it's a great, valuable resource. Where, well, I have the equi- I have the equipment. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. A microphone um, and a light. <laughs> yeah. I've got myself a sure microphone. I'm, I couldn't get my camera working, so I'm doing this off the laptop tonight. Yep. I still have my lighting, though. Got a high-key, low-key lighting. Yeah. You do. Um, the podcast, I was thinking about, okay, as I, I thought, okay, what am I going to do? What's different other than my, first off, there's video. I'll mm-hmm. do a video podcast. Mm-hmm. It'll obviously be audio as well, but it'll be on various, I'll put clips on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And so, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, definitely YouTube. And I thought, okay, try to parse down what you want to do. What do you want to say? Or as most people approach it, what would you like to see? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to look at it as you're going to go to a design blog. Are you going to look for advice? Do you want people to? And I thought, okay, here, and what I can do is I can walk you through as I call the great spaces. And one of the things about great spaces is here's a modern room with modern furniture. Why does it work? Or why doesn't it work? What right? makes From what makes design. it work? Yeah. What makes this work? Why you think something diametrically opposed design style, for instance, you have this Edwardian parlor, mm-hmm. yet put an Eames chair in there and suddenly it looks quite at home. It still really works. Nice. Yeah, it still works. And matter of fact, you find old Herman Miller ads for the Eames lounge chair with it like a, a lady knitting in the chair, like an older lady in a Victorian room, like with an old coal burning fireplace and stuff like that. But that's one thing I thought, but I might get a little tired after a while, or I could incorporate it into a larger thing, but still not making it too complicated. And I thought what I would do, maybe, without being too facetious or sarcastic, to peel back the diplomatic layer of running an MCM Daily Instagram page, where you have to be kind to people if they're sharing their experiences or their viewpoints. Yes. Good. That's good for me, and I'm glad to hear it. But... I often hear, and sometimes I mostly start here, read some of what I think are the strangest comments. I don't know. I don't even, some comments don't even make sense. It's like a random soup salad or word salad of something. I don't know what that yep. is. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll do a reaction maybe with the rooms every now and then I'll throw in this week is reaction Thursday or something like that, where I'm going to go and look at without identifying the people. But and my the risk I thought then is somebody could identify themselves. And it's like, oh, he's making fun of my comment. I'm not following him anymore. But I, I would t- like to show the others. The yeah, other the other side. side. Of I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, well so, yeah, maybe very witty and very like quick. But and but also walking tours. I mean, I, like Montreal has some of the greatest examples of modern architecture. Its time was. We have Habitat 67 here, which is a famous. They call it, they mm-hmm. call it brutalist, but it's more of a metabolist building. Architect. The, it was actually a, when it was built. The guy who designed it was still just studying to get his master's in architecture when wow. he was commissioned to build it for Expo 67. Now it's a protected heritage building. So and do a walking tour of that. I have many people I contact to do just walk around the grounds. It's really impressive. I can, can never. Sorry. Like you said, you can't really. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, even then it's so much better in person than any photo or video I've ever seen. of it. uh-huh. It's from the outside. It looks almost compact and strange, but in it's a cool way. But once you start going in and underneath those concrete cubes, yeah. it becomes this massive, almost imposing structure that's enveloping you. It's just a strange experience. And as soon as you step out into the sun, it evaporates. You turn around, look at the building close up, and it's like that feeling completely evaporates. It's just a miracle of architecture, yeah. that thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, people talk about architecture in weird ways. And I like the, there's the emotional response. There's the technical understanding and, and the, the, the design of it and whatnot. How do you talk about architecture? I mean, there's always this joke about architecture. It's like talking about art is like dancing about architecture. Is you 
you can't talk about it. You just you have to you experience, can experience it. Yeah, I think but that is you, you do have to experience it, and everybody gets something slightly different out of their experience. Mm-hmm. I did. Yep. I had a, a Mark Dyson was on the podcast from Dyson Klein, and he was telling me about one of his lecturers who said to him, "Mark, you can't stand out in front of your building." all day and tell people what it means it needs to speak for itself and exactly i really love that comment because it it either does and it says something or it does and it doesn't say anything it, it does yeah. both that it, it hits either way and i think that in mid-century there's a, a lovely ability to be able to ca- encapsulate pieces of it and it your thing before about talking about the roof and so the zigzag roof with Donald Wexler is like half of the things in sun at any one point in time, not the other half. Yep. Practical solutions. I've got a friend um, and her family has a house in Palm Springs is one of the reasons I've been there many times. And whenever mm-hmm. I go to LA, not whenever, often though, I go out to Palm mm-hmm. Springs for a couple of days and I will go architectural hunting whether that be with a um, an audio tour or whether that's on a physical tour but one of the great joys of my moments there is with Angela is wandering around the streets and she'll go oh that was Susan Summers house or was Susan Summers house oh this one here was so-and-so's house this one was this one and like a lot of them you can't see because of hedges and stuff but Yeah, yeah yeah the ones that you can and the beautiful fortress fronts and and the different styles of architecture that are there it is such a joy to just do a street wander now neither of us being myself or her know enough about the architecture and depth to be able to go oh that one belongs to this one or this one is this or the influence of this with that and that would be one of the most fascinating tours that i think you could offer as a walking tour is maybe five different moments in Palm Springs. So you could do the Tiki Hut kind of thing and you could do yeah, the yeah. Flintstones and you could do the the Wexler's houses and those kind of things. And because often there's three in a block or four in a block. It's a bit mm-hmm. like that Frank Lloyd Wright thing when you're in um, Oak Park there and you walk around that oh, one yeah. street that's got... Or, three streets that's got seven of his houses or something in it and you go really another one and you never thought his (laughs) boss would work it out if he came out here that he was moonlighting (laughs) Um, but just that kind of thing it's to be able to um decode that architecture as a person who designs houses i go i love decoding things and understanding it and i've got a few (laughs) friends who are architects who are wonderful artists so And when anybody says to me that they want to be an architect or a designer, I say, so show me your sketch pad. And they look at me blankly and I go, (laughs) so you don't have a sketch pad. Then how are you observing light? How are you observing detail? How are you not missing these things? So get a sketch pad and sharpen your pencil and go and actually draw the detail and draw the junctions, understand how it was put together. Understanding all that brings magic to the magic to the process and how the windows were floated and what they were made of and what was happening with these things one of my favorite things are architectural illustrations and one of the reasons i love them so much is that yeah you'll get the final in in the old days this beautifully illustrated watercolor Mm -hmm. pen and ink whatever but some of the best you think of mies van der rohe's farnsworth house Mm -hmm. and you'll see this simple rudimentary line sketch or John Lautner's chemosphere, you'll get this incredibly rudimentary, energetic Mm -hmm. sketch of what they want. And it all started there. Even the, go back to the Sydney Opera House, when you see those early sketches based on orange peel as it caught the light, it's just, that's where, and from there you springboard to it. That's your idea. That's the seed. And if you can get that same energy, that same feeling, the evocative nature of a sketch to the final product, because often you see the final product and did okay. That's you know, genius, but... though, when you really get it all the way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that was weird. I occasionally will post an old, a beautiful watercolor of a house in Palm Springs, the Wave House. Mm-hmm. It's love that. It's this little house, one bedroom. They added a bathroom to it in the renovation. 
but which go exposed to the backyard. It's, it's an interesting choice. It's glass. Yeah, right. The backyard. I think so, Say, yeah. someone put a curtain. I think it's on Airbnb and someone added the curtain rod in there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I look at that house and I saw from two perspectives and not really elevations, but from two perspectives. And I thought, oh, these are so cool because they're very quickly done. They're just you know, there's this overlap of color because of watercolor. You can still see the original hand sketch underneath the watercolor. Yeah. And I thought, these are the coolest. Uh, and I said, you know what? Don't do it. No one likes our, whenever you post an architectural sketch, no, you, you just don't get any engagement. So I said, maybe these will be, and I always do that. Maybe these will be different. They'll like these. And I post them as crickets. No. Yeah, <laughs> I think no, though, no, with, that, with that though, it's true to who you are and it's something you love. Yeah. And whether you get the engagement or not, it you never lose your personality and it like just mm, yeah no. I'd, I'd say always post them it's it's like with my podcast i have lots of architects lots of designers and i love mm. to have somebody who builds a custom motorcycle or i love to have a business yeah. coach that spins your mind yeah. whether they get a lot of listens or they only get a few it doesn't really matter to me in the sense that i enjoy it and the ones that, yeah, enough you enjoy others it? that will find it if they're looking. And they will. And mm -hmm. the funny thing is, too, I came to early, early days when I was first on Instagram. I should know it was Facebook. And I, he said, if you want engagement, you have to be engaging. It's mm -hmm. simple as that. It's nothing fancy or philosophical there. But he says, whenever someone says thank you or they appreciate what you do, always say thank you. If somebody says a comment that you like, always click the little heart button to acknowledge that you like that comment. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then you say, oh, yeah, because you got to keep them happy so that they will share your content and you'll get more. And the minute you stop worrying about that, uh, like the minute you go, I'm sharing this watercolor because I like it. The minute you start, like it's, if I just did Frank Floyd Wright houses that were well photographed, I could have twice as many followers tomorrow. That's because it. I just shared, I just shared one. It's already over 10,000 likes yeah. because... Yeah. And the most, oh, this is stupid, but the most liked post I ever did was a, a joke post. The Barbie movie had just come out. And I saw a picture of, I can't remember the actor's name. He played a short-lived doll named Alan. Yeah. yeah. On, on, on Alan's box, the actual original box was shared a photo of with the doll in the open side. It says, he's Ken's buddy. All of Ken's clothes fit him. Right. So, and he actually says that in the movie, by the way. I'm Ken's he buddy. Does. All of his clothes he, he, fit me. He does. Yeah. yeah that, I was about to that's say. from the, the original box. He was introduced in 1964 and he was stuck around for maybe a year or two. He wasn't popular at all. And that's why he's the only Alan in the Barbie movie. Everyone else is Ken. Yeah. And right. I posted it and I'm going, and it reached 7 million people. What? Like as far as the ins insights, it was shared seven, 650,000 times or something like that. And it got well over 100,000 likes. And the comments, I had to stop reading because it got too many of them. That's Second nuts. most popular is fairly recent, which it's, and I just posted because it's one of those things that came out of Montreal in the 60s that doesn't make any sense. Montreal furniture makers were copying Danish styles. Yep. This guy wanted to copy Italian style, so he hired an original, got a guy from Italy, a designer, to come over and design some of the most outrageous furniture ever. And there's that green wingback lounge chair produced by Simon in Montreal. And that one, I thought it would be ignored. It's just I thought it was cute because it's part of Montreal history. But that's got, got over 40,000 likes at this point. I'm going to go look for it. That's classic. Yeah. Isn't it just, yeah. you can't pick them. You can, you can't They're, pick them. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is surprising what, first off, the Barbie post, great. It got me over 4,000 new followers. But I'm sure they're going to be disappointed that it's not going to be all kitschy stuff like this, and it's going to be architecture. So they'll be like, they'll be like, DC, we want another <laughs> kitschy picture. Yeah. What the hell is this? I'm going to get yeah. out of here. Unfollow. Yeah, yeah. But, it's a one um, off it. <laughs> but that's part of the fun of it as but, well. It is. Yeah. As you say, you, you, you stop watching your numbers and you just go, you know what? Oh, you're doing what you're doing. And I think in the case of your Instagram, is, it's almost a service to people because it well if, if i have a client who says to me we really love mid-century i go oh okay so first thing is i pull out a couple of books that would be mid-century case study houses or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and i go so which what do you think mid-century is <laughs> it's the first thing and then the next place i go to is mcm and i go there and i oh, go you. 
seriously, I go and I will cut and paste a couple of photos. So I'll just not cut and paste, but click them yeah, on my phone. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, so going from what you've told me, what do you like about this picture? And, and then I dissect yeah. the picture about what it might be. Mm. So is it the yeah. timber? Is it the zero tolerance windows? Is it the highlight window? Is it the flatness of the roof? What is it that we're trying to get to here? And what emotion does it evoke for people? Right. The right. If you're in a big book doing it, it's cumbersome. But if you're on yeah. just a, like a, I use a galaxy pad. If I'm on a galaxy pad and I go flick. So what is that one? Or what do you think of that one? Or does that one shift your thinking like this or more like that? And just getting a, yeah. a feel for who they are and their dialogue between them, if they're a couple. So mm-hmm. easy to do with a picture because as a couple you go, so what do you see in that picture? And you tell the other person to hold right. and that one tells you what they see. And you, then you ask them about something that they maybe won't have seen. And, they, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, no, I don't really care for that. Then on the other side, go to the same question and you, you start yeah. to you understand your people better. I, I, I actually love hearing that because at one point I posted a Samanaguchi design late 30s home. And one of the popular materials, especially in country houses for some reason, was a, a timber called pecky cypress. It's indigenous to North America. Yep. But what pecky cypress is a wood, if you slice it up into the various boards, it'll have these rather jagged holes, elongated right. holes yep. in, in the wood. And what they would do is put it up and they would usually paint it and it created a texture wall. And oh, wow. somebody recently discovered that it's almost ideal as a sound in recording studios. It baffles sound beautifully. Because it, but, yeah, right. Yeah. And an architect working out of California, I posted the house and he says, in a big uppercase W-H-A-T, what is that wood? Or, or I should yeah. use the wall paneling. And I said, oh, Pecky Cypress. It's actually pretty cheap. It's not that expensive to buy. Southern, I think it's Southern US originally. And he said, I'm using that. And he sent me photos later of how he used it, which was absolutely brilliant. Just, wow. And I love that somebody else can just look at that. And yep. I'm thinking of all the things in that room that are amazing, the custom made table, the beautiful seating that was also custom made, that giant window looking over the ocean. You're looking in the background at the panel. Right? I think so that's, that's great, right? but that is part of the thing. That's what you're your um does it gives you the opportunity to <laughs> dig and look and because you you have a number of photos per house you always have you know multiples and so you get different angles you get different feels you get different i inspiration from different parts of it and i mm. i also love that everything that you're looking at has stood the test of time already yeah. It, it's not new oh, definitely yeah it stood the test yeah. of time oh, it's not new and um, i do, do some contemporary I, I do post some contemporary homes but very rarely though <laughs> yeah and those, those are all beholden to mid-century essentially yes so. yeah but uh no but that's the t- timelessness i don't mm. see a modern day pseudo i don't know what to call them these days mcmansions row mm. upon row shoulder by shoulder i don't see that holding up very well I might be wrong. I mean, for, you consider uh, even in England, the Victorian movement, those were all cookie cutter houses. Mm-hmm. The only difference between them is that you could choose the various trims that you wanted on them. Like the yeah. lampposts are all hollow. We had, you want that lamppost? We got these lampposts. You lamp can choose instead. that. Yeah, but I th- still. I think yeah, whether, but, like you say, there, there's this thing where the test of time with them as well. But like when you were saying about Pacific Northwest before and these beautiful yeah. homes that sit up there in that environment, and yes, they are expensive. And yes, the wealthy people who buy them generally restore them. Yeah. We we live in a society where I've got some clients and a house that we're designing for them be maybe a $3 million build. The block's probably something similar in value. So they'll have maybe $6 million tied up in it. They're telling me about one of the neighbours at the end of the street who spends, I think it was $8 million on the house and bulldozed it. And I hugged my shoulders and went, oh, yeah. Well, the house would have been probably mm-hmm. 25 years old at the most, maybe third. Oh. Maybe a bit longer, okay. maybe th- maybe thirty years old. No architectural yeah. masterpiece, believe me. Okay, a- incredible site. And I shrugged my shoulders, and they looked at me and said, "What?" And I said, "If they can spend that on the piece of land to have their spot, yeah. the thing is of no architectural value in amazement. 
yes, it would be more sustainable to probably keep it. Of course. However, they can choose whatever they live in because another $8 million makes no difference to their life. It, it, exactly. it, it's just money. It's just a tool. <clears throat> it's no different from hammering a nail with a hammer. And they were like, no, they said to me, so how do we create an architecturally timeless piece of architecture here where, when we do ours? And I'm like, you have to be really committed to a process to do that. And your safest bet would to be build something classic because it's already mm. stood the test of time. They were like, but what if we want something really modern? And I said, bring Frank Gehry. (laughs) But this thing of it will not necessarily last the test of time to become that classic or to become that thing. And I said to them, look at these styles. And we went through from Italian villa to mid-century modern. And, of course, I live in a subtropical climate that would suit mid-century modern, although We've got a little bit Mm -hmm. more water carry required, things like that, but we want lots of opening glass. We want all those things. I go, here's our cues. Now, whether we can create something that is going to be forever, it's going to be this masterpiece that lasts for hundreds of years. I don't know. I'm not claiming to be able to do that. What I can do is just take all these cues of what works and then adapt that for our climate and our orientation and our situation and then with that, we can take those sensibilities and that feeling and that mood and create you a home that will feel right. amazing for you. But it will have these cues, but we will modernize yeah. them along the way. We're not going to go, we're not going to try and recreate. Otherwise, why don't we just mm-hmm. go and take a plan from somebody else's and get the license yeah. and build it again? Like just yeah. build that one right Completely. here. Yeah. Complete, uh, complete with the original asbestos. That's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go all in. If yeah, you, let's go yeah, all yeah, in. No, but yeah. I get. But that that that's dedication, though, as you've already said. If someone's going to go through that process, they have to be dedicated to that process. As, again. Yeah. But I would think I see contemporary homes as a architectural firm working out of New Hampshire right now that I'm really loving their work. They could have, while the inside are very contemporary, they, they, they're embracing to. The natural materials, stone and wood, mm-hmm. they're not painting anything. Mm-hmm. And they built like a bridge house over the end of a lake, a small oh, wow. lake. Yep. So, and one of the features that they wanted, as the architects is their own home, is that they wanted to be able to slide open the living room doors and hop straight into the lake, which is what they have a Amazing. photo of the guy doing. And that's just whimsy. But they had to build all sorts of pump systems in there to make sure the house was safe and all that. And so much added expense because of that. But they got a house they love, and I've chatted with them on uh, a few times on Instagram after I shared their photo, very popular. But they that house could have easily been built in 1950, 1960, yeah. as far as its style cues go. But when you go look at the photos through the inside and you look at those, yeah, it's, it's a contemporary kitchen. Familiar layout, though. It's got that very familiar layout, but it's working here so well. You've got the living room, dining, living, stack. We have a lot of California modern houses as well. But also because of the climate of New Hampshire, it does yep. remind me, one of the things I like about it, it does remind me a lot of the Pacific Northwest stuff. Mm-hmm. It's in the mm-hmm. wooded setting. And yep. it's, and they draw hearts. They put, they tug at my heartstrings in a style home. But also, it's not just, oh, a pretty house. It's a, it's a really practical house. You look at how they laid it out and everything's done, how every point is, of every every room has a door to the outside because it's a lake out there yes. with a patio. Yes, yes. You want to walk out to that. We want to and engage like, it. Yeah. As, and look how clever that little boathouse is that they put off to the mm-hmm. side. It's not even in the same style of the house because that would look kitschy. Exactly. Look a little flat, yeah. roof, a little flat it... roof post and being boathouse. And, and they did this like almost a tr- nod to traditional style. Like, well, that, not shed style architecture. And that's, that, I that, love architects that yeah, play. I'm doing a home currently, which is a farmhouse. And it's in Victoria. Mm. And uh, I call it three sheds. And it is three big sheds that are connected by a large walkway between them. They all sit on slightly different angles. Anyway, the client, yeah, quite simple structures. Got a sunken lounge for the key parties. Um, You got to have those. (laughs) Um, Remember, you have to collect the keys in a clear (laughs) fishbowl. That's rules. That's damn. I didn't make them up. (laughs) I'm just remembering. No, I'm just remembering a movie where they actually went around the room collecting and, and put them I don't in know the what happened to the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But with it, uh, she, she's yeah, Jap- yeah. she's Japanese, and so okay. 
I've got two other buildings that are attached or semi-detached from it. And so I went, if this was more of a village, because it's on a farm, if this was more of a village, we would work in different styles. So I've done another building, which is an office and garaging and all sorts of other things, which we call Toro because it's a lantern. And when you go through the gate, maybe, I don't know, a kilometre and a half away up the driveway, long way back, um, that gate, when you go through it, will turn on the lights around Lantern and you will drive towards Lantern, oh. which is against a forest. So even That's though nice. the rest of it doesn't have to light up. Now I've done another one called Mokazai, which is a woodshed. And this hmm. woodshed is for manufacturing. Well, it's for manufacturing. It's hobby manufacturing wooden oh. items. This is oh, a passion okay. of the owner. And so it is more like a small industrial Japanese factory. So you you get this, I wanted to create like a a sense of a village. And when you were saying about those guys in the Pacific Northwest, where they had done this house, which had mid-century overtones and all those inspirations, but then they did a like a a boathouse, or sorry, New Hampshire, a boathouse, which is, it would have never been built all at the same time. They would have got the boat after the house and they would have done something practical. It didn't have to match the house. It's not like matching. Yeah, that's the joy of it. I'm going to give you a, a, speaking of matching and the year not being built at the same time, regularly, consistently. I like when the first photo is a great elevation shot mm-hmm. with a cool car, obviously. Mm-hmm. That, that's setting that's the money shot. Yeah. Yep. I love this thing. And the house was built in 1965 and the car is in 1968. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to call people thick. But they said, there's no way that house is 1965. That car is 1968. Yep, it showed up later. (laughs) Almost everyone will do that. If the car is before the house, oh, they just lose their shit. They just, (laughs) if the car was. Because obviously, when you build, when you get a new house, you got a guy matching your car. That's it. That's it. You've got to get that, a new that, car. That, that happens. That, that does happen. And it's, I don't, maybe because some people will brain fart. If it happened once and going, that was odd. Every time. It's a I car, love it. The, and the funny thing about car people, and as a car person, I don't get it, but they're utterly humorless about their passion about cars. Facts <laughs> and details matter so much. So I much. remember, just, I stopped describing the engine mostly because I'm not mechanical. I love the design of cars, but I'm not that you're I not can, that deep down big, the rabbit hole that you're 357 with this type of carburetor. I mistakenly identified it. I was supposed to put big block V8 for this muscle car, which they all had that. Yeah. And I put small block V8. And I may as well, just because there's people waiting on the internet for the mistake. Just sitting in front of their computer, just waiting for the mistake. And that was it. And I engagements were great. I often think about adding mistakes now because the number of comments you get it goes up. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. Probably it's the like, shares as well. The sharing yeah. it. Can you and, believe yeah. DC yeah. doesn't you know? This idiot? <laughs> and I once missed Frank Lloyd Wright. I spelled Frank, it autocorrected it to Frank Lloyd R-I-G-H-T. And the first comment was, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. Like to that effect. It was autocorrect. For God's sakes, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, what a yeah, just... I think I'm so looking forward to your podcast because that kind of like just not behind the scenes, but just, you know, the yeah. influences kind of part of it. And then also on the subject, because so many funny things like that, like you're saying, with well, a misspelt word or a. It a doesn't mis- take a lot for some people. But you know what I'm saying? They'll look and they'll like, Look at the, I'm not, I don't know what they're doing. First off, you have to manually zoom in on Instagram, mm-hmm. you, you know, just mm-hmm. pin, pinch and pull. Mm-hmm. And then you have to hold it, you know, mm-hmm. so you're not cramping up trying to find the mistake. What is that? Yeah. What is that? Those that's, hubcaps, that's, that's not right. Those hubcaps yeah, that's are not, not right. original. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not. And, and the thing is, so, and also, but on the flip side of that is just started as a joke where I would, they, they, Instagram was insisting, they were really insistent about the users creating reels. Mm-hmm. music and little mm-hmm. slideshows or videos preferable and i thought it's not what i usually do it's not i usually just post so you could swipe at your own speed and that's fine or just a single photo of some kind of pop culture reference or whatever and so they said oh i can add music now to my post and out of spite i said i'm gonna add the music that i listened to when i was in art school 
that's going to drive everyone nuts, right? Here's some dark synth wave coming at you. But people started <laughs> liking the music so much so that in my inbox, my request inbox, because I check regularly because yeah. I don't see it, there was like a bunch of requests. Says, you, could you create a Spotify list for these songs? I really like the music. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I've never created a Spotify list. I listen to it just randomly usually. And I created a Spotify list. It was 50 songs, four and a half hours or five hours of music. And I got overwhelmed. And I posted an image, a photo with text on it. For those who were requesting a Spotify list, message me. And I'll send you the link. And I got, in the first 10 minutes, I got hundreds of requests yeah, wow. for a, a playlist of, of mostly art school 1990s guy yeah. who thinks he's so cool, right? Yeah. Smoking on the steps. And, but then I started putting in music that I actually like, and sometimes music that I thought was relevant to the photo, like Steve McQueen house. I'm going to put in a song from this Thomas Crown affair, one of his movies, but yeah, no, it's, it's neat. Cause those people, you talk to them and they, they get back to me and they say, they're grateful for it. And they'll share something because they usually could be around the same age. I'm guessing we went, grew up at the same time. It's so cool. Yada, yada, yada. Talk about design and stuff. And you can't answer all of them, which obviously oh. when it comes up to thousands of them, but I think sometimes if I, exchange like and one of the things i've set myself up as is this is and so many instagram accounts it's about the instagrammer it's like here i am walking through the mall here i'm eating an ice cream yay peace sign and that's their thing good for them young energetic go for it i'm not young or energetic maybe a little <laughs> energetic I, but the thing is i always said somebody says i posted a photo of myself delivering a claritone to someone's house uh-huh. and it was just nice so I, someone took it wasn't me took the photo but i said yeah this is part of my life big part of my life that yep. claritone and i've posted claritones before so i'll share the photo and one of the things someone says you should post more photos of yourself and i'm going and i didn't really respond to it i think i just think i clicked it just so i acknowledged yep. it and and the re- overwhelming response after a couple of people said i would like to see more photos of you and the Overwhelming response to that was one of the things I like about this Instagram account that it's about the subject or mm-hmm. the design, uh-huh. not about the person. Uh-huh. And one of the things, that, yeah. So I don't want to acknowledge a gratitude on a blanket statement. That's why I stopped doing milestone posts. Hundred thousand followers. I can't believe it. Thank you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. it sounds braggy. Yeah. I appreciate. It. I will when I get to two fifty. I will say a quarter of a million people can't believe it. Christmas holidays or the the holiday should probably do that. Chuck an extra 20,000 people in there. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's a weird part of my life, but it's enjoyable. It's still an enjoyable part. And on top of all that, you're a designer and you're up up for hire. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe some days. So do you do speaking as well? Did for a bit. We mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. the Expo 67 here Mm -hmm. in Montreal. There was one of that was a, there was a thing about that for a bit. Then I went to Chicago to talk about Claritone because they were doing mm-hmm. a thing there. Part of a actually it was an antique show, but more of a lecture series as well. And I obviously have no trouble talking. I'm one of the few people who has no trouble getting in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and running my mouth. No problem at all doing that. <laughs> and yet, but leaving intelligence sort of, behind as well, not just. But uh, I, I seem to bulk at every opportunity to do so like. I I wanted to go down to Palm Springs. I was going to go, and that was remember I, you, I broke two foot two toes in my foot. Yeah, it was just before that I couldn't go because I broke my foot. And the they I wanted to talk because first of all, but they had different. The idea was what they wanted people to do was called the, the Palm Springs Mo, uh, yeah, uh, Modernist Week. Yeah, but the the, yeah. The, man, the group of people they were calling them some, and they were really impressive people, like mm-hmm. an architect, huge, mm-hmm. beautiful body of work, uh, author of several books, and I was really proud. I was very humbled to be a part of these people, and and I was disappointed at the same time. What you do is, as an influencer yourself, they would say, you take over our Instagram account, uh, the Modernism Week for for twenty four hours, right? Not mm-hmm. work straight mm-hmm. for, but mm-hmm. go to the various events. Mm-hmm. And post your feelings and photos about what you're seeing, videos. And I think, okay, that'd be interesting. I get to mm-hmm. put that side of me out there where I can just talk to an audience directly and show them photos and videos. And and so it didn't happen because the foot. Broken foot. Yep. And yeah, and they've not invited me back now because, to, and it's that's on me. I think for four years in a run, I simply declined the invite. 
saying it just wasn't convenient. And when I finally accepted, and I, I was everything short of taking a picture of my cast on, on the foot, the bandage yeah. on my foot to send them. Here's my doctor prescription. Yeah, I'm, I'm not away from but, school uh, because I'm. And making... I think, and it was two days. It was literally just less than a week before I was supposed to go, and I had everything prepared. I knew exactly what I was going to have my itinerary planned out. Everything. I was not taking anything, not leaving anything to chance. And I was even going to travel. The plan was to go to West Covina, nearby, like an hour away, because it's a setting fake setting of one of my favorite tv shows <laughs> which is anyway, i just wanted to go there what crazy ex-girlfriend i see it's look it up it's utterly bizarre and brilliant but it's a musical comedy and it's brash and it got it it was always noted as being brilliant but also just underrated people just didn't watch it it got four seasons and it wrapped up nicely but it's so clever and anyway i wanted to go to west covina because i'm gonna there. I even it. have a song even have a song called West Covina. So I was going to, because yeah, everyone's a fan. So I wanted to send photos of the welcome to West Covina sign. That's how cheesy I am. I love it. So yeah, and that didn't happen. And they didn't invite me back. And I've been sheepish about approaching them as saying, hey, I'm willing to do, but I'm not, I might look a little pathetic about trying doing that. And they're probably going to watch this podcast. And go I'm hoping that somebody's going to hit this podcast and they're going to say, come on, then let's go DC. And I think that there'd be enough people <laughs> who are listening who would go, screw them. Let's just make a tour for you. One of the thing, one of the things I was going to do at one point, I was, there was an event taking place. It was a modernism show happening here, like a house and home show. Uh, but here in Montreal, of course, they like to think of themselves as a little more erudite. So it's not just house and home. It's design. It's the mm-hmm. latest designs. It's well-known international designers. And but there was an open call for people to present reasons to speak. And yep. since I was already known and I was going to cast an, an invite, just open, open invite to everyone to show up at the space and see if I could fill 5000 seats. Never came to fruition for some reason. Actually, I know the reasons and we'll get into them. I had to do with their end, not mine. And uh, but yeah, I've, I've often wondered if I would tried to do something like that, to go out there to do this weirdly niche tour thing about design take my manner of speaking and my little aside vignettes yep. and stories yep. to how, how many people would pay a few bucks to show up and, and i'm sure I, plenty i am sure plenty people come on the other thing is you with your instagram you starve them of who you are and the way to people to actually see who you are <laughs> yeah. is through things like i this. really should yeah. take the next step and disappoint them yes yeah. you're no, right. i think you should leave your instagram as i'm a, I really yeah, do. I, I think that. But I then mean, these they, kind of opportunities. They pay, they pay money to see Tim Ross. How are you going to Oh, exactly. Tim, <laughs> I know you're a listener. Tim, you're a, but, yeah. you're a legend. I know you're yeah. a <laughs> I've got one last question. Okay. And I'm losing is, my voice. <laughs> it, it's I'm not joking, the most but... fascinating talk. I've, had, I've actually had a really good time. No, me you. too. Absolutely that was, that was fabulous. My last kiwis, question man. is... Kiwis are so much fun. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Even transplanted uh, ones. Even ones that move, yeah. <laughs> My last question is going to be, okay. if you could do one project that would leave a sense of legacy for you, and it could be any project, it could be, but it's a, a project that's a moment in time. It's a project that lasts, it can't last more than one year. What would you choose? And it would be there the, are, the yeah. final star on the on the tree or the nail in the coffin. Which one would you choose? <laughs> I am not in front of camera guy, really. I just, yeah. I, I prefer to be behind the camera, behind the scenes, but uh-huh. I also like to be in control of my own things. I don't yeah. want to control anybody else, but this. Yeah, yeah. this thing of mine's a mess. I don't need to try and control this, this yours. Is enough. <laughs> this is enough. This is... <laughs> but there are houses in the world whether it's Italy, Australia, there's a beautiful example I know of in Australia. There are houses everywhere that are spellbinding to me. Yep. They are, if they can convey what they are through photo, I can't imagine what it would be like in person. Would it be disappointing? And I would like to do basically a, a journal to, to visit these places, to talk with the people who live in them, to write their story as to why they love this house or they don't, or maybe they find it difficult to live in. But the end result would be the collection of, which would be a reflection of me, a, a presentation of what I think are near perfect homes, 
there's one in France that's a beautiful stone house that was built in the 70s, which I think has its own private beach that you walk down and the steps are carved into the stone itself that leads down to the, this beach. And it, it's a playground for the rich, but it's beyond that. For instance, there's I often get criticism that you're showing us houses that we could never afford, or mm-hmm. most people, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that same attitude when I'm showing you a $150 million Ferrari. It's no. an expensive toy, but the homes are just, to me, works of art. And what makes a home livable, for instance, and what, how do you find peace and sense of peace in a space? It's if the only genuinely successful home is the one in which you find peace, that you can be yourself and you can relax. And this is a reflection of you. This home reflects what I needed to achieve that. And I want to visit those places. I, I may not experience it, but the goal is to experience it, to walk into a home and immediately know that I was home. I love it. You just said before, the only genuine home yeah. is the one where you can experience peace. Yep. Oh, cool. I love it. Everything this. else is just a place. Everything else is just a space. Yep. DC. Yep. I love it. I love that. I think that's a, a mission and that can happen that you should be able to visit these houses. And I'm, I'm not, I, again, I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm not in the grave, one foot in the grave yet. Uh. <laughs> you might make it, you might make it onto the, I might, I might make it. Yeah. Uh, I'm smoking for this. <laughs> <laughs> Partly. I so appreciate your time, man. I'm going to make this oh, man, it's, it's two episodes. Oh, thank you. It's, I'm, I'm very pleased to have met you. This yeah. Week, likewise. And I'm, also, thank you for being knowledgeable. Well, I don't I'm know sorry. that I got half I, I, of what yours is, but it was just fabulous. No, to... but I don't have to dumb it down, ever. <laughs> I didn't have to dumb I'm old it. enough I have to, to explain. have experienced a lot. <laughs> Do I have to? You know that thing, that word you use? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say something <laughs> yeah. similar. To, anyway, no, this it's, I don't blame them. This is, a, a again, I keep saying it, rarefied subject for most people in the sense, mm. yeah, there's only a handful that know anything about it. And it's only through your own diligence and passion and, and just craving it. I, yeah. When I first started out, there was no book you couldn't buy, no matter how. It's so stupid. Like, you paid $1,000 for that book? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Because mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite architects. It's a rare book. And I feel closer to him for having it. Thank you very much. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I think for people listening... And you'll have to listen to the first episode. And then if you haven't listened, when might I make this into two episodes? Okay. If, if you listen to the second one first, go back and listen to the first one so that you get the context of everything that we've talked about. DC has a new book coming. It's in soon. the works at the awfully moment. Soon. Soon. Awfully, awfully soon. soon. His publisher's excited about that, that they're going to hear well, he said that... awfully soon. Um, <laughs> they're insistent about it. <laughs> He's going to have a podcast coming as well, which is going to be a bit of a behind the scenes as an influencer, especially in the MCM space. And we're going to get. Oh, I have DC. a working. I have a working title for it, by the way, as well. Making sausage. Making sausage. I love it. Everybody, everyone loves sausage, but we don't want to see it being made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's so good. So we will be in touch obviously but to uh, the community that listens to talk design i hope that we get dc back here sometime and also let's watch what he does and please reach out ask questions we'll get them to dc he can come back with his answers follow him on instagram by all means he's after twenty thousand new followers just be just over the christmas break so that he can celebrate 250 a little little christmas gift a little christmas gift just follow dc (laughs) i probably won't produce this until after christmas so we might miss that one um they they mean by christmas 2024 okay no problem yeah 24 25 that christmas achievable goals (laughs) very simple very achievable and enjoy and please comment on this come back to us dc absolute absolute pleasure i've learned was a wonderful treat for me okay (laughs) good bye-bye what an amazing episode dc i really appreciate your time and your knowledge and your expertise your stories it's a real gift and an absolute pleasure to talk to you some incredible information in there for those mid-century modern lovers and for those who don't know mid-century modern, some incredible insights that will probably ask them to get them to go looking. 
we would love your feedback, of course, and we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast because every subscription means that we can do more with the podcast. It creates more listeners and more opportunity for guests like DC to come to the show. If there's a guest that you would love to come to the show, by all means, send us it in. If you go to www.talkdesign.show, you'll see there's suggest a guest, et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise, listen to it on your favorite platform where you're listening now. We are more than happy to have you as a listener, no matter where you are. And we love that you take the time to delve in and listen to these stories of architecture, design, and the other tidbits that we bring you along the way. So thanks from me, Adrian, and thank you, DC, for doing such an amazing job here.